Cheers. Really good. Cheers. Ting. Ting, oh. ting. Why nice to see you. Great to see you. It's been a while. It's, it's always we say been that a while. Every fucking time, well, right? we just need to do it more often. We do. We I really think it's going to happen. The I world's think. starting to reopen again. Are we going to podcast more? We, that's what I mean. Or are we going to podcast gonna, less? We're going to gather more together. We're going to podcast more. All of the above. Welcome, guys, to the Dad Life Podcast. My name's Chris. I'm Ryan. And today, guess what? Uh, what? We're drinking beer again. Oh, thank God. Me, yeah. Is that why we do this? Um, well, don't tell our wives, but kinda. Kinda. <laughs> Unless you have not been listening to the past, I don't know, five episodes, uh, you have not realized that we, for the past, now six, have been sponsored by Eminem dis- 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 Distribution or Distributing? Distributing. Or? Okay. And now we've got an awesome guest. We sure do. We've brought him in-house. So s- slow clap for, for Pat Taylor for giving us free beer. Slow clap. Thank you, Pat there Taylor. This is all because of you, man. Pat, You've made this happen today. Introduce yourself. What do you do at Eminem? And, uh, you know, tell us all about Pat. Uh, Pat is the general manager at Eminem Distributing, Salt okay. Lake City. And, and how, so did, how did I, Pat get there? Pat uh, went to school and wanted to be in the beverage business, uh, started in the Pepsi business. Nice. And then learned that beer's a lot funner and moved to one of our beer houses and started as a salesman and just worked my way up. And now you're the tippy top. Tippy top of that operation, yes. Right. Well, that's, hey, that's where you need Everybody's to be. Everybody's got bosses. Everyone's got a boss. Unless you, well, yeah, everyone's got a boss. But I feel like you started in the crack of Utah, which is Pepsi. Right? <laughs> I did. Am I wrong? Uh-huh. Well, I that's would like say the drug of choice. It is the drug Utah? of choice. Yeah, everybody likes their, their sodas. And Mountain Dew is a big one, too. Yeah, right? Mountain Dew is yeah. huge. Oh, yeah. that's a big one. Huge. Same company, right? Yep, yeah. Same company. Yeah. Yeah. How is yeah? Anyway, every uh, time there's like a new flavor of Mountain Dew, oh my gosh, people, people go freak nuts. Out. People there's, go crazy. There's a code yeah. red, guys. You got to try it. Drink it all night. <laughs> Stay up all night. <laughs> yeah. It's gonna be great. <laughs> and beer is funner though. <laughs> beer is way funner. Beer is funner. Absolutely. Where did um, you go to school, Pat? Uh, Weber State. I'm a Wildcat. <gasps> nice. Great, great, great. Yep. Weber awesome. State. Great, great, great. What yeah. was the? Um, oh, go ahead. What was the? Um, uh, I'm mean, at a loss for words here. What did you go? What was your major? So I, I you know, I started with a double major. I went into business management and accounting, and then I nice. learned that accounting is really boring, and I didn't want to do that. Dude, okay. boring. Yeah. So I just kept with business management and gotcha. finished my major with that. Thank you for not saying you did. Uh, what's the one that everyone does at Weaver State? It has something to do with technical sales. Hey, technical sales. <laughs> Everybody does communication too. I think everyone does technical sales and communication. And I'm like, no, you didn't. You basically had fun, and, and yeah. so did I. I did business as well because, good lord, I'm not not good at anything else. So I did. And the it's same pretty thing. generic, right? Like yeah. business. I don't know. I'm I'm a high thanks. school grad, so <laughs> I can't. You're retired Air Force. Stop it. A high school grad. You still have a more stressful job than any of us combined. Yep. High school grad. That's fine. You're still smart. Well, I'm glad you guys think so. <laughs> we can't go too much further, though, because uh, we got to do our due diligence and talk about the beer that uh, Pat so happily provided us. Um, Chris and I and Pat are all dr- drinking a Rogue Honey Kolsch. Uh, and this one is out of, of course, Rogue Brewing, which is, God, we've done a bunch from Rogue. And this yeah, one is. This is. Uh, Probably number four or five. Yeah. And this one's super sweet. Won a ton of awards. I'm just looking at this page. It's like nine or ten. Oh, had to burp in between that too. Um, 
I don't want to read through all of this because they claim to have 7,140,289 honeybees that make some of this honey Very cloth. specific amount of bees. I just don't feel like you can count that many bees. I feel like it's a bit of a lie. But that's okay. I believe it's, it. It's a delicious beer. It's definitely got that sweet kick. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're tasting that, but I definitely taste the honey. Um, but super refreshing. Good summer beer to start us off for you sure. You know, a Kolsch, um, I don't know if I've drank too many. Um, this being a, a honey Kolsch... It's not what I thought it would be. I kind of was anticipating uh, like a Hefeweizen for some reason. Really? I don't know why I made those that comparison, but this is smooth and sweet, but not, I don't know, heavy at all. It's good. But really drinkable. Yeah, super yeah. drinkable. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a, yeah, I get, I, I can see where Hef would come in though. I yeah. don't know. I don't know. I couldn't, I'm not well-versed enough. To I guess the honey and the maybe threw is. me off, but it's good beer. Where's Wisconsin dad? He tells the difference and yeah. talk and get pissed about it. Exactly. Um, he'll call me on that later. Mm-hmm. But anyway, it's a good beer. And Pat, thank you for the last six episodes providing that beer to us because we've surely appreciated it. Um, and all the other dads out there that have tried tons of good beer now. I know. And we're just a advertisement for, I don't know, what episode is this? Uh, good question. I don't um, even know. 40-something. We've had 40-something wow. beers. Mm-hmm. And we've had some that have not been great. No repeats. No repeats yeah. yet. I'm sure we will. We're bound to fuck it up. We'll figure it out. <laughs> but anyway, back to Pat. Well, but we this is a good one, too. This is not, if anyone doesn't know, this for Utah, this used to be in the DBC liquor stores and it's now available in the grocery stores. It's a so 5%. Get your butt to the grocery stores. Yeah, it's available now for everybody and really easy to get at a better price. Nice. There you go. I mean, if, wow. if that doesn't sell it, I don't know what would. He sounds like a salesman. <laughs> I'm ready to go get some already. I'm go get some right now. <laughs> um, Pat, I got a question. Okay. So you say grocery stores, but that also includes gas stations, correct? Or am I wrong? Nope. When I, so when I talk liquor stores versus grocery stores, I, I'm just talking, we call it general market. So basically okay. you have the liquor stores, which are the state-owned liquor stores. Yep. And then everything else is general market. So grocery oh. that'd be grocery stores, C stores. That's convenience. Okay. Uh, Costco, Sam's, all those stores would be general market, and those would all be five percent beers. How come? And this is maybe a Costco thing, and you might not know the answer, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Every time I'm in Costco, they usually only have like the main beers, right? They have Coors Light, they have Budweiser, Bud Light, and maybe one more. They hardly ever have any kind of craft. Is that a, a weird Costco thing? Or is it just Utah that, thing? That would be a Utah thing. Okay. Just That's what it, I thought. Yep, it's based on how many people can actually pick up and if they can get through the beers. Okay. I, so. I do talk to a lot of people, especially in Washington State where Costco is kind of headquartered, but you can go there and buy liquor and a lot of craft beers everywhere else except Utah, I know for sure, yeah. and the other Costco's, but Utah's big beer special. Sections, big liquor sections in other states. <sighs> and Utah. big jugs of stuff oh i've seen the kirkland brand vodkas and vegas too all kinds of stuff yeah and it looks glorious yeah very jealous if you ever need you know five gallons of vodka who doesn't (laughs) at once (laughs) (laughs) i don't know about at once but who doesn't want five gallons i don't know if you're throwing a big huge (laughs) you know shindig i guess you would need it but um, they're always fun to pour too when they're that big (laughs) yeah yeah very accurate with that pour for sure with a five gallon jug in my hand uh, but that brings up, we've talked about, I think season one's finale was about Utah's weird liquor laws. Utah liquor laws. And it's they're stupid and weird, and that's who we are. But I will say, we talked. We kind of talked about this a little bit, 
because it was just coming to fruition of this big change in Utah that I want to ask you about. And in my mind, I would assume that it's probably increased sales, but I'll let you kind of answer that. So the big change was going from 3.2% alcohol content to 4%. Is that correct? Yeah, I think the easier way to, to say it is Utah was 3.2% by weight, but it's it was actually 4% by volume, and we okay. moved to 5% by volume. So Can oh. you explain the difference to what, what? Us. No, I can't. One's volume and one's weight. I think they use 3.2 because it's in Utah, it looks like a lesser amount. So they went with a smaller number. Everybody else in the world uses by volume. Utah was the only oh, one using by Oh, we're the by only weight. ones by weight. ABV yep. and ABW. W. Yep. And it was a smaller oh, number. So 3.2 is what they what did. The but we were actually. It's five. Yeah. It's, it's a five percenter. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thanks, guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we moved from four to five percent by volume is what Utah did back in 2019. Interesting. So that was right when we came on air. So that was I was correct. Yeah, oh, look at me. Um, and tell us what the roundtable discussion is at the state level of why they make those decisions exactly. So, so again, th- this would be like a hundred percent my opinion. I think this 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 state, which is a really great state to live in, it is. I love it here. They just, I think, they're really cautious about what they're doing with with the population and making sure people are safe. And I think they, they, they want to regulate. Sometimes I feel like they overregulate and it's yeah. a little weird because we're being, re- we're being regulated by the state, but the state owns the liquor store. So you're being regulated by your competition Yeah. on a, on a daily basis. Yeah. So I think they're just trying to regulate us to a point of just making sure people are safe. And I really feel that regulation should end at making sure that the someone 21 and older is buying alcohol. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then after that, regulation should fall on the person that is buying the alcohol. Buying the alcohol. Yeah. Yeah, Utah. And I always found it, and this is, again, this is, obviously everyone knows these are our opinions and don't really matter. Yeah. But <laughs> I always thought it was funny that, you know, most of the state legislator, the people that are coming up with these laws, let's be honest, most of them don't drink. And so I always find it weird and funny that they can come up with laws of something that they've never partaken in, right? So they don't really understand, I guess, if that makes sense in my mind. And, and that's why I always kind of like, come on, guys, like you guys don't even know what you're doing. Yeah, I think a lot of what we what we try to do is educate. We're just trying to yeah. educate on on where, why, where the issues are, why the issues happen, and then how do you protect people from those issues happening again. And I think uh, we do – I would say the one thing about beer – it's, it's it's the least of the problem. I think you you can go to the liquor store, you can buy a, a bottle of vodka, and you yeah. can drink a whole bottle of vodka and and, and die. Die. Yeah. Right. You can't drink enough beer. You just at that point would just be bloated and be sick. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's 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 a much better option when we're talking about things. I yeah. I also think that it's partaked like with what we're doing right now. It's just guys having social. a good time, social drinking, and yeah. very very little of the other stuff. And part of that's just. The way this the culture is in the state of Utah, every everybody's really responsible, everybody yeah. cares for everybody else, mm-hmm. and I think that that in itself, our culture and how how everybody here is being raised and who we're living around, I think that enough is a great regulator of what's going on. Yeah, I think that is you hit the nail right on the head. Is being good parents is is what's going to be the answer, not how you regulate how much ABV is in the beer can. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Absolutely. So, I don't know. It's that education that's going to turn the, you know, move the needle more than anything else. But and, and I think what they saw with the change in the law, one of your other questions was uh, how did volume go up? Yeah. Vo- 
when you look at it, volume increased, but it, I think it increased because there were more options. Okay. You know, when we were at a 4%, a lot of the big brewers didn't – You, the state of Utah did not get all those beers because they would they have to make special batches. Yeah, they don't want to Special do brews, special yeah. cans with the right – with the right ABV on them, mm-hmm. they had to do all that, and they only did it for big things. So, yeah. so they did not special brew everything. And so, when the law changed, all of a sudden there was a lot of a lot of brands that came into the state, a lot of yeah. different packages that were available that didn't that you could bring in. Right. So that added volume. So a huge change, really. Yes. Volume wise alone. So brings me to my second question, and then I got to let Chris jump in here too, but. If I'm if I make a beer, so Chris and I, we've got this great idea. We brewed our own beer; it tastes delicious, and we want to take it to market. Talk to me what Eminem does and how a local guy who makes his own beer that wants to flip it and get into stores. How does that work here in the state? So you would so you would come to us, or we would come to you. Most most craft brewers or most most brewers start their own pub, start selling their own beer, and they self distribute. But what yeah. happens is. The, my my account base is I think we have fourteen hundred accounts that we call on. Okay. So what happens is, as a small brewer, you guys are making your own beers, beers and you're selling them to a couple bars. You're selling them out of your location. Yeah. All of a sudden, you're growing and you want to expand it. Like you don't have the manpower and you don't have the truck to do that. So you come to someone like us. Uh, we we work with you. We sign a contract and then it becomes a three tier system. So you have the brewer, the distributor, and then the wholesaler. Okay. Okay, and that's kind of the system that's perfect. You guys are really good at making beers. We're really good at distributing products. Yep. So we would take it. We would go out. We'd start calling on accounts like Maverick and Smith's and then on-premise accounts, bars, and we would start taking that product to all those accounts. And saying, hey, you want to try this? You want to try this beer? You want to, We have it in keg. We have it in can. And you start trying to sell all that stuff in. Okay. That's really interesting. So when does the state get involved in your everyday like where do you just have to follow the regs and then you just check on you once in a while? Yeah, or? we pay our taxes, so we okay. we and we Utah is one of the highest taxes. Of course, so thanks. We we pay our taxes. We 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 document everything we sell. We uh, we basically have uh, an eight like well we have someone that comes and regulates us, so they come walk our warehouse yep. and check us. Uh, but you file everything through the state. So as, as you guys, when you make your beer, yep. if you wanted to sell in Utah, you would have to file with the DABC, and then you basically would get approved, and then the state would bring it in, and okay. you'd bring that to us, and it'd be an approved item that we could go sell. So what about the like the Air Force Base? We talk about that a lot because it's federal land and it's not state regulated. Do you guys still distribute for them? Yes. So we can we can basically sell to the base. It would just be – it's not part of Utah. It's – your own agent or your own entity and basically you would follow federal guidelines on all that so okay we i don't call on the base because it's the the base is outside my territory i okay. actually call on a couple like i call on fort douglas oh. things like that but yeah they can carry everything they just do whatever they want mm-hmm. yeah it was great um and um, i might ask some stupid questions Nothing but stupid. There's no um, stupid questions. d-a-b-c department of alcohol and beverage, beverage control control okay it's a it's a term I constantly hear, and I know sort of what it means, but that's just the state entity that's regulating all of the laws that you're talking about. Yep, right and now. ours is the U U D A B C, so Utah Beverage. Okay. So every state has a D A B C. Really? Yep. So they just it's just a regulation department. We just happen huh. to ours is just much much more beefed up. Mm-hmm. And do you ever have to interact with ATF? We do not, because that's like the federal. What? Yeah. Federal wing of that? I don't even know. 
I, well, I think there's a there's federal guidelines, and then the state kind of supersedes those guidelines with their own their own guidelines. Yeah. So I think if you got to that stage, it'd be there'd be some kind of an issue. Like okay. you haven't been following some of the federal stuff all the way down to the state stuff. And the ATF would only, and I could be totally wrong here, but they'd only get involved if you were crossing. I would assume federal line, like federal, like taking beer, like moonshine, right? We're we're making it in oh, your bathtub. Yeah. And we're shipping it to Idaho. Right. We're selling it. We just crossed the state line. I'm mm-hmm. guessing that's when the ATF would be like, nah, we can't do that. Perhaps. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. <laughs> we should probably bring somebody from the ATF in. All right, guys. Who do you guys know? Hook us up with nope. the ATF guy. Drop into Chris's DM. Um, as far as Utah's, um, I guess, um, individuality because of the different you know, laws here – are there any other states that share the same type of restrictions that, like, let's say the uh, – is it the big three brewers, you say, Coors, Bud, so, and Miller? I mean – It would be like Molson Coors. It would be ABI and then probably like Constellation who would do like Corona things like that. Those okay. Would be the big oh. ones. So, so, the, so the big guys, they have, to, they have to now, you know, brew a completely separate batch for special states like Utah or they had to – they used to have correct. to. Who else was on that list? Pennsylvania. So, so there were 100%. there were there were Pennsylvania is one of the most controlled states. Yes. Oh, it's the weirdest state ever uh, to buy. But you can buy full strength. It's weird how you do things. And different states have different rules. Like there's yeah. some states out there. Every that, state I've been to is, is completely different. Some yeah. states you deliver beer and you're not allowed to touch it after it gets delivered. Like and if, if it goes out <laughs> of date, they have to deal with it. Where at, where in Utah we can kind of help with some of the stuff and we can merchandise some of the products. Yeah. So merchandise means you walk in and. If you're out of beer on the shelf, you go to the back and get it and put it on the shelf. Yeah. So we can do that here. In Pennsylvania, you can't do any of that kind of stuff. Well, I, again, I'm, I'm uneducated at all the states, but there are states out there that you cannot touch it. Hmm. I know so, Wyoming's a state like that. Because they want the wholesaler to do so They want, in that three-step process? I think some of it, sometimes it becomes like a union thing uh, where oh. they want their employees of the store to take care of it. I okay. think sometimes they just don't want you touching it. Gotcha. In Wyoming, we can touch it only if, and we have, so we sell beer in Wyoming too. Uh, you can touch it, but you can only touch it on your delivery days. So when you go to deliver or, or sell, you can touch it. But on other days, oh, you, you can't, can't come back it. the next day and Correct. touch it. Don't, Correct. don't you dare. Correct. <laughs> but in Utah, you can go back if it's expired and take it off the shelf, right? So, so, so there are some like TTB stuff. You're not, you're, you're, it, it's about if you oversold the product and there was issues, you can help do that. But typically what we do, because we sell it and take care of it, we don't typically, we you do not oversell an account. You basically sell them what they're, they're going to sell. Oh, okay. There's not buy-ins. We don't go sell them two, three pallets of product yeah. at a discounted rate. We don't do that here. It's You sell it for this right, and everybody gets the same price, mm-hmm. and you sell oh. it for that. So basically there's no reason to do anything like that. Yeah, because you can't. You can't discount. Correct. You Ooh. can discount, but you everybody has to get the same price. But yeah, it, does, yeah, it doesn't matter if you do, because then you got to yes. do it for everybody. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that, that kind of cuts the sit. Ooh, he must have some good sales guys because, damn, <laughs> if you can't discount, that's, it's that's a tough one. It's quite an interesting situation there, isn't it? Yeah. <clears throat> um, I guess what else? Other states I've been to. I'm, I'm from New York originally. You can go into the grocery store and buy beer, and I don't think any of the percentages are really too much regulated, but to get liquor – you have to go to a liquor store for wine and liquor. That yep. seems kind of standard. Um, Oklahoma, I went to the FA Academy there, and that was an interesting one. So if you went to the supermarkets, it was all what I believe was 3-2 um, ABV. But if you went to the liquor store, you could get 
anything in any percentage, but it was warm. That was yeah. a strange one. So I it always thought sleep. it interesting that I could go get, you know, the full strength beer, but gosh dang it, it. you're going to have to wait before wait. you drink this stuff. <laughs> I, I don't know. That was a, a weird twist Utah's, in it. Though. I think every there's every state has some kind of weird law, and there has been other states that that had lower percentage beer. Colorado, we talked about was, or before this started, we talked about it. Colorado was a state that did it. You at the grocery stores, it was three two beer or four percent beer. Yeah, and liquor stores, it was full strength. That law changed the year that ours changed. It just changed earlier that year. So, I think states are changing to try to accommodate what, what's going on and change with times. Yeah, uh, Oklahoma was another one, and Kansas was another one that was yeah. really difficult. So between like Kansas, Oklahoma, Colorado, and Utah, we were like ninety-seven or ninety-eight percent of the the four percent or three-two beer that was being produced. I had to imagine that those big distributor, the not the distributors, but the big brewers were like, oh, "Thank God, thank I don't you. have to do that other, you know, this whole separate line. We just brew it all the same, and it's out our doors the same way." Yeah, and I think is that an assumption that's correct? Well, or? You're absolutely correct. So, but I think in the beginning, when Kansas and Oklahoma and and Utah and Colorado were all that there was enough volume that they there was some, there was some synergies that they could produce that then yeah. as states were falling off and going to full strength yeah all of a sudden it became like well this is getting difficult more difficult to do and you were losing skews and i think that yeah. kind of led to some of why utah changed did they have to pay more for it because there was a smaller run of it i i, I the thing about beer is it's whatever the market demands so so oh. pricing for us is Okay, what will the market bear? And then pricing kind of gets adjusted according to that. Interesting. So every state's a little different. You might go to Colorado and it might be a different price on 30 packs than it is here. Just depends on what's going on in the markets. They're not far off, but sometimes it's a dollar here. Some states have couponing. You can coupon beer. In Utah, you can't coupon beer. Yeah. So I don't, I don't think I ever remember seeing one. <laughs> you can only discount at the liquor store. Am I right? Uh, not even at the liquor store. So the liquor store, if they're getting out of a product, you can you can discount down, but not there's no discounting. And the, the, so there's discounting. It's just month long. There's no there's no like coupon. You cannot entice somebody to buy more beer. You cannot say, oh. hey, if you buy two of these, you get a dollar off. You can't do that in the Got state it. of Utah. You can't okay. do buy hamburgers, get a dollar off beer. You can't do that. Yeah. You can give them a coupon, but the coupon cannot make you buy it to get it. Everybody can get the coupon. So a dollar off, if you did like a dollar yeah. off ice, if you buy ice and beer, you're just getting the dollar off ice. You can, right. you uh, know, okay. There's no beer. Probably some loopholes. So what's the motivation? Because before the law changed, right, you and I and others would go to Evingston or we'd know somebody in the military and go to the, the base or we'd go to the liquor store and pay out the butt for beer. Why does the liquor store still carry beer? So because because the law changed to five percent, there's still beers that are over five percent. Oh, so it's so a higher point. So everybody, everything at the liquor store is over five percent unless you're made. There's some weird Utah laws that if if it's not made with malt grain, then it has to go to the liquor store no matter what the percentage is in it. So there's oh. a few brands that are in there because they're made with distilled spirits. That's how they get their flavoring, and it doesn't meet the Utah definition. So they so have to right stay. To the liquor they store. have to stay in the liquor store with the markup. Interesting. Wow. So a lot of beers there are over 5%. But there's a few that are under, but it's because of how they're made. That is very I had no idea. Because every time I pass it, I just kind of laugh. Now I'm like, no, I'm not going to pay for that. Well, and it's, there's less in there now. And, oh, there's and, a lot less. And they want it that way. Yeah. They, they're, they're, in the, they're in the business for wine and spirits. Yeah. Hmm. And then, yeah. And in the I still stores. like to go there to buy, like, the strong stuff, I guess. Um, the good stuff. Well... I, I think all beer is good, but 
there's those particular like imperial stouts that are you know your 12 and 13 percenters that are like but i can buy heavy hitters at wasatch brewery right i could walk in and get a six pack of a, a higher percenter is that incorrect I don't know the answer. You can you you can go to Wasatch Brewery. Yes, uh-huh. they have a package license, so you can go down there for what they're selling. Yeah, yes. That's what I thought. Interesting things I know. Okay, but I, I we don't have any of those accessible enough. No, you have to go to Salt Lake. We have to go downtown. Downtown. Hey, nobody got time for that. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. I just, Twenty minutes. Oh yeah. Yeah. I yeah, drive there every day. I was going to say, that's where you guys drive every day. But sure, you don't have time for that. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I could maybe yeah. take a longer route to get home, but probably not. All right. I'm just saying. Um, well, that makes sense because I was, I don't know, the loss have changed so much. And Pat, you, you and I have lived in Utah for a very long time. And I think the Olympic Games, and we talked about this before. But I think that really changed quite a bit for Utah, especially with the quirky. Did you bar see laws. some of the the laws chains coincide with the games? Absolutely. There was a lot of temporary things that happened during the games. Yep. So this was really this was okay. yeah. If you remember back then Tons. too, we had weird like I wasn't here then. Yeah, to have you had a like membership, a membership to, go to, to a bar. get into bars. Yep. Like some of that was remember that. that. Yep. Uh, there were some they released some licenses for some events that were going on. Like it was different. Now, what I would tell you is the games themselves as a beer distributor didn't really help my volume. Like it was, it was a lot of, because of some of the relaxation, a lot of those out of the country athletes brought their own beer over from their own countries. Mm. A lot of, a lot of the donations were made and stuff like that by some of the brewers. For me, where I, where we made, where we really made hay with the Olympics was the buildup, all the, all the infrastructure that had to be built and everybody that came here to work. And so all of a sudden we were, selling more beer to all these people from out of state that were here to work for four years to build the freeway, to build all the, ah, the venues and all that stuff. So you stuff have this you never think about. Would never influx of, of all that. Yeah. And then they all left after the Olympics. True that. So then that we kind of saw a little recession right after the Olympics. I was Ooh. on an airplane, this side story, total side story, but I was on an airplane coming back from college and um, was kind of freaked out because it was after 9-11 and, you know, it's the first airplane I'd been on since 9-11. Mm-hmm. And came back home for the Olympics because I wasn't going to miss it. And I was sitting next to a guy. And I don't know, maybe I just looked nervous. And he was like, you, you're going to be fine. And I'm like, I don't know. I just It feels weird. Because the National Guard was at the airport where I'd never experienced that before. And it just felt weird. And he's like, yeah, there's probably. And he kind of popped his head up above the seats. He's like, 126 guns on this plane. <laughs> and they were all volunteer cops coming to work the Olympics. And I was like, ah, I'm good then. Oh, that's why he was such a comforting soul because yeah. he was he was part a, of that group a police officer okay and they were all there to fly to salt lake for the olympics and i was like okay i feel fine and you were <laughs> in the states for that period of time i was still overseas but um the national guard was at the airport because the tsa hadn't been stood up yet yeah yeah so yeah was the guy with the m16 just staring at me and i'm like this i'm not comfortable that's interesting it yeah. was a, it was such a mom and pop too so tri-cities airport next to the closest airport to my college was like I'm talking four terminals, tiny. It's, yeah. it's just tiny. Or four uh, gates, tiny, okay. not terminals. And before 9-11, you just walked in, and I you know, I knew the guy, mm. and I would just walk in. And yeah. there was security was so lax, and then it just, that sw- switch flipped. Yeah, it was and it was change. like strip search it was to huge. get on an airplane. Mm. Interesting side, fa- side for me was I was at the airport when the planes hit the towers. You were at the I airport? I was at the airport ready to board a plane in Denver. Oh, jeez. 
You so, didn't get on that airplane. Didn't get on no, that they airplane. basically they pulled us all off, and then we yeah. had to wait around, and everybody stayed in the airport. Nobody knew what to do because they wouldn't let anybody leave. And then wow. after a while, it was like we're everybody needs to exit the airport. And if you know Denver, like you're in basically Kansas. You're in nowhere. Yeah, so. it's so far from the city. And then you it's couldn't get there. back. Like I was stuck there for a week because you couldn't get back. Like there's no way shit. to get anywhere. So you're I love cars, hearing these stories of where so what, you were. What did on you do the for day? a week? I I have family there. Oh, that's so right. That's luckily, right. my my grandpa was with me because he worked. I thought you were in the terminal for a week, like Tom no, Hanks. That's what so they wouldn't let anybody. So I was like, "Do was like, what did you do for a week?" They made people leave. They would not let anybody stay. So even people that didn't speak English, people that didn't know have family there, they all had to leave the premise. Everybody had to leave the airport. They wouldn't let anybody stay in the airport. Wow. Everybody had to exit. That's At first, nobody could stay. Everybody had to stay there. Nobody could leave. And then after and then like two hours, it was like, everybody out. get out of here. Nobody's allowed to be here right now. Wow. Damn. Yeah, and you were in Korea. I was in Korea at the time, and I was allowed to leave. Um, that was September, obviously, and, and I left there in November. Damn. Nobody else left. Yeah. Everybody else was stuck, but because I was uh, exiting the – Air Force altogether yeah. from an overseas remote tour. I was allowed to go home, so it was a it was a weird loophole. I got to to leave, but you didn't. Fly, Everybody else got stuck. You didn't fly commercial on any of that, did you? I did oh, on the okay. way home. Um, yeah, I did. I just figured they threw you in a big ass plane or like no, uh-uh. they, yeah. they fly a commercial. Okay, it was interesting. I'm sure it was. Yeah, life changed, right? Everything mm-hmm. changed, mm-hmm. completely changed. Um, I remember as a kid picking up my dad from the airport at the gate. Yeah. Waiting for my dad to come down the, the jetway. Yeah. So excited. None of that's ever yep. experienced now anymore. And you think about how those were all set up, right? All those airports didn't, they weren't built for having TSA on the outside. No, not at right? all. Like, so like, especially like Denver was brand new at the time. And if you, if you've flown through Denver, like TSA there, like it's just this funnel of like, everybody has to go through one thing to get yep. to all, everything. Yep. Yep. There's that one huge like lobby it's all, yep, it's all TSA. It's all windows, and you go through, you know, 40,000 turnstiles to get to, yep, what, you yep. know, through like the thing. 10 so. pounds of shit through a, you know, a five-pound bag, yeah, right? Exactly. Just it all through. Exactly right. <laughs> it's so true. But honestly, every airport um, is a mess in that way. But I think Denver does it okay. They, they did a pretty I good do. job now. I think but they like, do all right. Salt Lake's new one is built for that now. A lot of the, yeah. the new ones that have come around yeah. are built for TSA now. So. Yeah. I have yet to, I'm going to fly for the first time in July, so I guess I'll see. Yeah. It's it's no different, but... Don't say that. It's not. Say it's awesome. Um, I didn't say it wasn't. I oh. said it's no different. <laughs> it's, um, well, no different than that doesn't mean it was awesome. It's no different than how you remember it before oh, okay. COVID changed our lives. Oh, yeah. I'm sure that We went from beer to 9-11 to now, you know, COVID airports. and flying and airports. But now we're uh, back again. Now we're back again. <laughs> oh, Lord. Let's not do it. That's what makes beer fun, though, yeah, right? You just did we a drink whole conversation, beer. and it just took us all over the place. Well, that's what we do on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I want to ask more about Pat. We can ask more about Pat. We can go over. Because go we're over. the Dad Life Podcast. Pat. Oh, we do got to talk about you being a dad. You're yep. a dad, yep. Yep. aren't you? Yep. Isn't dad. that how you two connected in the first place? Physically? Wait a second. Wait a minute. Maybe. No. Well, we'll get to that later on. <laughs> but anyways. We, we did. So, I, so I've got... Five kids. Uh, five kids. Five kids. Good for you. Yeah. He's crazy. Uh huh. I'm crazy. Wow. I wouldn't they, say that. They range from 25 all the way down to 10. And my 10 year old daughter played soccer with Ryan's daughter. Okay. That's yep. how we met. 
Good for you. So, like four years ago, uh-huh. somewhere four, in there. Yeah, they've four been playing five? for four years together. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. So, very cool. And my oldest is in the Air Force. He just, he just, he decided at twenty four he was gonna, he has two kids, so I'm a grandpa too. Wow. And he decided he was going to go in the Air Force, so he just got done with basic, and now he's in training down in Mississippi right now. What's for what job? He's going into like structure, structure engineer. So damn, yeah. He's at Keesler. Uh, he's at Keesler, yeah. Okay, yeah. Like when you said Mississippi, that's the only yeah. Air Force base I think. But there I think is. he's working at is there is there a naval base that's Bay? Yeah, he's working at, at it's the Gulfport. Naval base. Gulfport, yeah, Gulfport, yeah. That's yeah, you right see now. a lot of CBs down there, right yeah. there in Biloxi. So yeah. that's where he is. Spent right. a lot of time down yonder. Tell you what, <laughs> tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> you planning on going down to visit? Yeah, I, we're excited to see him. I, this is the first time any of our kids have like been away, and so like wow. we're kind of missing him. And I know his wife's missing him because those yeah. the two kids are two and one, and they're all over the place and oh. he's not there so wow i think uh, everybody's ready to to get, <laughs> yeah. him, get back around these kids of course did he join active duty or guard nope active duty okay yeah interesting yep. well yeah. had you said any other word than air force i would have went pat what happened there i know There's, you know certain flag uh-huh. right here i spent 20 years it's probably why i said it. it was because i felt pretty comfortable nice. saying it would run like it <laughs> either you, way either way i would have i would have been who proud gave you that flag? that's pretty awesome <laughs> who gave you that flag um <laughs> he's trying to nudge something over there um who gave you your flag? oldest he's 25 that's 25 okay yes. my uh one of my younger sisters is in basic training as we speak avid listener She's actually she wrote into the podcast. She's there now. Think about her every day. Oof. We've sent a few letters her way. Yeah. Julia. Oh, Julia. Good yeah, luck. yeah. Good she luck, she wrote Julia. us a few emails. So shout out Julia. I know, Absolutely. I know you'll be listening once you're. You're gonna kill it. You'll allowed to to listen to podcasts again. She'll be. Um, we're proud of you. Chris is very proud of you. You're not. I'm Habsies. All right. Like I think I'm, Julia I'm a little Gulia, upset when I'm, you say Julia. I'm a little upset that she's it's gone. It's funny you said it's that. More like Julia. It's Gulia. really funny you say that because we say that constantly all the time. <laughs> and she's into this guy, and his name's Dooley, and now she signed her letter Julia Dooley. <laughs> <laughs> no, we love Julia. I'm yeah, yeah. I'm kidding. Um, we did get off topic there. I wanted to circle back to a, a, something you said to me earlier: is you got into this distributing business because your dad was in it. Um, what facet did he take this on? So he worked when I was growing up, he, so he's always been in the, he was in the Pepsi business. And so I just remember him being on a route, like he was on a truck and he delivered vending machines. Okay. And then he kind of moved up and I remember going to the stores with him and throwing Pepsi on the shelves. Yeah. And then when we came here, he, he just transferred to here. And so transferred to Ogden. And then basically we moved here and I just, I loved the business, and at one point I said, hey, I think I want to go into the business. And he said, did you hit your head? Because I don't think you should. <laughs> that's usually what did you hit your that's head? usually what dads say about kids that want to do the same thing that they're doing, though. Yeah. I, I, I think that's a common theme. And I mean, he wouldn't let know. me do it. He had, At the beginning, he said, you're going to have to go get a different job first, and then you can come work in the business. Experience so I, life elsewhere. Oh, yes. And so I worked at Smith's for four years or three years when I was 16. So 16 to Stock 20. Stock and shelf? Okay. Ch- I was yeah. a bagger. I was a checker. I was a dairy, like dairy boy. Oh, the dairy guy. Yeah, uh-huh. So I kind of did everything <laughs> <Dairy> there <boy. laughs> until I finally said, "Can I come work now?" And he says, "Yeah, you can come work now." And so I came over and did Pepsi for two or three years, and then I graduated. And the only sales job in the company was in Salt Lake, and it was in the beer business. And so I said, "I'm going to go do that," and done I did it. Done. And I love it. It's the best thing I could have done. Good for you, dude. 
That's and, awesome. Yeah, You're passionate awesome. about it. That's, I, yeah, that's really love cool it. to and hear. I, and I, you know, our company covers seven states, yeah. and there's opportunity. But I don't know if I'd leave Utah. I love Utah. Utah's been a really good state. I have the option, and I'm not leaving. Yeah, it's just great here. It is pretty good. Yeah. I'm don't tell in. anybody, though. And <laughs> No, don't. Everybody does not need to come no, to Utah. It's, it's horrible. It's very hot. Yeah. Yeah. It's very dry. You it's dry, yeah. skin. dry, hot, no dry high, skin. no oxygen. Yep. Um, the the liquor laws are weird. Liquor laws are like, weird. You don't have any part of it. Unless you know a guy. Yep. At Eminem. Um, but the other thing I wanted to say, and I wanted to make sure I said it, was Pat was has also and continues to be, because I have now retired from coaching. Cause retired. Reese, That's a strong word. Not retired. Okay. Reese has decided to take a break. Sabbatical. And I'm proud of her for coming to me and telling me that, because it took a lot for her to do that. So I'm take, we're taking a break, and we're going to see where that goes. But Pat continues to be the team manager for our club team, which is the shittiest job of shit jobs. In all of soccer. But he's taking it on. But now he's been doing it for how many years? I So my daughter's played comp soccer since she was so five years, six, five or six. And I, to be honest, I really, first up, it's perfect for me because I'm really OCD, ADD. So it's like right up my alley Very. other than it's a really shitty job. Very shitty. But I think I did it in the beginning to ensure my daughter had a spot on the roster the next year. <laughs> and it's now stuck. So I'm like there now I'm there and I'm like back and back out. And I've kind of. Honestly, I can deal with everything other than rescheduling games. Soccer reschedules more games than you know yeah. what to do with. Well, COVID also, COVID was a, a shit show. Why prior to did it reschedule so often? So part of part of soccer is every team gets, well, in the in the league we're in, every team yeah. gets two reschedules. So basically- Just as like a sick day, perhaps? Yep, basically, if you- Yeah, basically, the coach is out of town. Yep, or, if you can't make uh, something work, you can reschedule yeah. two games. Well, that doesn't sound like a lot until there's 10 teams doing two reschedules and you cross the board. It's chaos. Pretty much all. And you have to get refs. That gives me anxiety. Fields, <laughs> dates. Trying to move all those pieces back. Oh my back. goodness, it's a mess. Well, bless you for taking that role on. That doesn't sound fun, but somebody has to do it, and it sounds like you're the guy for it. I'm the guy for Good it right luck. now. Have fun. Right on. Ryan. You need, you need to solicit his, for some help. His daughter, Ryan, has the best name, first of all. Let's get that clear. Oh. Ever. Okay. Okay. Best name ever. Spelled um, the same? Yep. Yep. She told Spelled me we named her after a boy. when She didn't like it in the beginning, but she's liking it now. She likes it now. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And it, she's she's awesome. She's been a joy to coach and, and Reese. I know that Reese will be friends with a few girls from that team forever, and Ryan will be one of those girls. But, yeah, it's uh, – I don't know. It was where we met, but we bonded immediately over beer. Yep. It was very quick. Yeah. <laughs> very quick. Ryan's easy to get along with. Uh, don't you dare. Well. Don't you dare. I'll pull the plug I guess we all have our opinions. Right now, Chris. You know? Hey, I, right I don't normally I'll talk shit, it. but you're absolutely <laughs> right. I think, I don't know. Uh, first time I met Ryan was dropping kids off at school, and I knew that he built a house two doors over. And yeah, it was not the first time. It was, I think you're it was on your scooter. You're a liar. Wow. First you, time was you when remember? you dropped off a Christmas gift at my house and you were driving. Oh, was it the, the bath salts? Yeah, dude. There you go. Did you use those that night too? <laughs> and yeah, with Chris. No. Didn't, uh, I, <laughs> didn't I write a sick rhyme with it? I'm pretty remember. sure I did. He might have. So long, very long story short, we, we bought the spec home that was the first on our block, right? Well, obviously, you know where I live, very close to Chris. And the first Christmas here, Chris and his awesome wife, Jen, were going around the neighborhood giving away neighbor gifts. Epsom salt with a little dope, well, well, dope rhyme. Apparently a rhyme that no yeah. one remembers. <laughs> anyway, uh, 
<laughs> Jen came to the door and I don't remember if I had a beer in my hand or if she saw the coffee maker or there was a connection there somehow. And I think, you know, she saw it and, you know, as we all do in Utah, when you have someone that drinks beer, drinks coffee, you have the automatic connection there and you talk about it. So that happened. And and she's like, oh, yeah, my husband's in the car. He's Chris. And I, th- I swear she was like yelling from our porch like, Chris, these guys drink. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that at all. Anyway, I was that, running. That was the first time I was running salts. But yeah. anyways, but then after that, yes, so you we were running kids to school and. When I officially I've, met them, I, I kind of give a joke too that when I moved into my new house, and I don't live very far from here, yeah, I moved in with a beer truck just to get, get it out of the way. With the like, this is me, yep. right? Yep. So we moved in with a Coors Banquet truck. Plant your fl- genius. Plant your flag. <laughs> this is who I am. All the all the guys from the water corner are like, nope, never mind. They yep. turn around. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, yeah. nah, wait, we're good. We're not going to help yeah. you guys out. <laughs> you moved here from Colorado at age thirteen. Was that um, to Ogden? So it might have been. Transition right. maybe better. How was that no, for you? So, if anyone's lived here long enough, uh, that would have been in the early '90s, and I would, I, I would tell you, it was a very tough transition for me. Like by the age of 13, mm-hmm. uh, everybody at that age already had friends. Yep. Mm-hmm. At that age, already kind of were, and I'm not a member of the church, so I think that kind of adds this complexity to, to me. And it was, it was tough. What saved me? Was I live so we we moved to Layton and what saved me was the base, like yeah, I, the base I, everybody I knew like all the base brats that's who yeah. I was friends with so we played sports and then everybody up there was friends with me and yeah. for my and I'm the oldest of all my siblings all my other siblings I think did really well with it they moved and they weren't in school yet or they were just in elementary school they were just younger oh, that sounds hmm. it's just like me and my brother were you born in eighty <laughs> four I appreciate that no. <laughs> okay. You can keep going back. No, you're born in – my brother was 76, so I'm going to say around 76. 77. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So my brother's a year older. Same same exact issue. And I think we've talked about it and we'll talk about it when he comes on eventually though. But he was older, had a terrible time here. Um, same age when you moved. He was um, going into seventh grade. Just hated it. Yeah. Hated everything about it. And I was in first and I was like, I'm fine. I did great yeah. because I didn't have that. I don't know the whole first. There's thing. no, it's, it's such there's a no chip on your shoulder in first grade. Not at all. At age, you know, sixth, seventh grade, you're starting to enter puberty. We're going that through that with our oldest right now. Yeah. You start to develop your best friends, right? Your core. Yeah. You know, crew. And if you're coming in late, like you did, brand new from out of town, that's got that had to have been lumping on something tough. Even more, you know it was. I mean? and sports helped me a lot, and what honestly, my my solid group of friends, my best friends, were from college. So yeah, by the time yeah. I got to college, that's when you kind of I think yep. expand a little bit. And I agree. It's not as much about playing sports and what you're doing, but just more about everybody just being in the same social network. And I think everybody really, I got along with a lot of people, and that those are my true friends. From I know a lot of people from back then, and I have friends, but my best friends. Are from college. Yeah. yeah. No, I, hundred percent. I mean, one of my best friends moved here from college and now lives in Utah. But I, I have my core group of high school guys that we have stuck together and stayed as close as we can. Um, we go on a golf trip every year, but that was just because we decided, hey, we're old enough, we can afford it now. Why the hell are we not doing something fun every year? And so we just made it happen. And it, I highly, we've talked about this in the podcast before. I highly recommend. 
that you reach out to those guys that you've always been friends with if you can afford it and set something up and just make it happen. And you, we always set the dates for the next year during the trip. So it's on the books a year ahead of time. And if you don't schedule, it, it doesn't happen. Just put, yeah. put it on on the books. Like you got you said. it on the books. It's, it's the best just way make to it happen. make stuff happen for sure. Anyway. Where are we know. at? Right. We're, we're over, but that's okay. Over schmover. Over schmover. But it was fun, right? Absolutely. Pat, you said it was going to be awkward. I no, told Pat I, if we didn't talk it. as much about beer, which is fun with me. I'm completely good we talking about, about everything about else. Beer. I want to ask maybe you uh, another question or two about um, beer. About beer. Oh, um, way to go, Pat. I didn't mean to put pressure on you to ask about <laughs> beer. I actually had a really good time without talking about beer. No, I, I know that. I mean, this is your whole career, and you probably are sick of talking about it most of the time. To us, the outs, you know, the outsiders, it's super interesting, especially just being the consumer, and you're working the nuts and bolts of things. But um, as far as M and M distributing itself, your company, um, who are you in competition with? Is there other entities just like you doing the same job in other states? How does that work? Yeah. So, so basically, you, you. You started a distributorship back in a long time ago and you got brands. And over time, you've, and beer's weird. Like some of the big brands like Molson Coors, so Coors, Miller, Bud, when you sign those agreements, they're perpetuity. You never lose them unless there's really oh. big mistakes. Like you sell the franchise or something like that. Mm-hmm. So back in the day, you started these things. And so over time, you have cores of big brands and then you've picked up other brands that maybe have become big brands, right? Yeah. So, for us, I have competition. My competition in Salt Lake would be, it's called General Distributing. They carry Bud. Sons of bitches. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I also, Not there's cool. one called Carlson <laughs> Distributing, and they sell Corona. And they Ass. sell Miller, because back in the <gasps> day, we have Coors and Miller were separate, and then they merged. Both yeah. contracts had already been done back a long time ago. So I those didn't brands, know they were they're the same. Yeah. So they, are, are they distributing? The Molson Coors is, the, is basically, they sell Miller Lite, and they sell Coors, but distributors... That had the rights kept those brands. You keep so saying Molson. Molson is the parent company. Yeah, Molson Coors. So it used to be called Miller Coors. So they they did a, a joint venture back in like 2004. It was called Miller Coors. Okay, you gotta like pay attention. And then Miller bought into something else outside the country, and there was some some legal stuff that they had to sell their rights in the United States. And Pete Coors bought the rest of it. Okay. And then with Molson, Molson Coors came together and they have the rights to those brands. Molson's Canadian, is it not? Yes. Yeah. Interesting. Well, that's what I guess, you know, perked my listening more was you said Molson. I grew up drinking Molson and Labatt. Being from Buffalo, we're yeah. close to Canada. So. Canadian over there. Yeah, they're Pretty really close. liberal with their liquor laws up there too. <laughs> they have CBD beverages and stuff like that up there. <gasps> CBD yeah. beers. Yeah. Whew. Not in Utah. So, well, no, not here. Maybe Colorado. Mm, maybe. All right, uh, ten dollar bet. Will Utah Whoa. ever become recreational marijuana? Oh, we've gone to marijuana. What do you think? What's your What's your take? Ever yay or nay? Like ever. ever. My Whoa. My take would be yay. I mean, yay. You think so? Uh, if we're going ever, if you did like an over under, like years wise, in be... the next twenty years. Hmm. Yes. You think so? Yes. Why do you think so? I think. I think. 20 years ago, you'd say no way. If you look at the influx of population that's moving into the state of Utah, a lot mm-hmm. of tech companies, mm-hmm. younger generation. And if you think about your kids, mm-hmm. my kids, yeah. they might not want to do something, but they don't, they're never told not to do something. So when you tell them, <laughs> do not drink, do not smoke, 
Yeah. They might not ever drink or smoke, but you're not going to tell them they're not going to drink or smoke. Mm-hmm. I think they like options. And I think the tech companies, a young, younger generation, more liberal to that kind of stuff. And I think over time, the population will be will be heavier with that. And I think there'll be either the law will have to change or there'll be some kind of a ballot initiative. Yeah. Where if you get a ballot initiative, we have a problem because you'll have marijuana on there. You'll have wine in the grocery stores on there. You'll have all kinds of things on that. Yeah. <laughs> Chaos. Well, formulated answer. Chaos. Ryan? Uh, and next 20? Yeah. I would say no. I would say but no. But I just think... Because uh, I think Utah would be the... Utah is just... Utah and... Uh, just too scared. That's what I would <sighs> have to assume. another one? Utah and maybe Texas will be like the hold, like the last hold Texas is, is being more forward than, you know... I mean, Texas ripped masks off before anyone was really supposed to rip masks yeah, off. Yeah, but they're still very... I mean, they just barely passed a new abortion law there. Like, that was today. Yeah, yeah. There's, you know, I'm smart. Um, so I'll take my 10 bucks. So make sure this stays out there because I'm going to get my 10 bucks. The date will be stamped. It's digital. You can't, you can't, can't back can't out. can't this shit. Yeah. It's all, <laughs> really out can. there forever. We'll see the next 20 years if marijuana will ever be legal in the state of Utah. And if it's not, I guess I'm $10 richer. We took a turn there, didn't we? Good bet, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, solid right. bet. Yeah, yeah. Solid bet. <laughs> talked about 9-11, beer, and marijuana. Mm-hmm. And friends, yeah. yeah, and a golf Solid tournament episode that should be happening, right? The golf tournament. Oh, we get we do got to plug your golf tournament. Go ahead. Yeah, so we're so we do a huge golf tournament every year. It's for JDRF, so type one diabetes. Yep. It's in September. The best golf tournament you ever played. The gift, the swag bag is ridiculous. You'll, it is. It's it's eight hundred bucks a team to get in it. Uh, you'll get sixteen hundred dollars worth of gifts coming back out of it. Before you get into the raffle and everything else, Dad so when pod- and Dad where Life podcast gets a discount, yeah, we can get you guys in. Oh, 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 so it's September twentieth, and it's at Lakeside Golf Course. It's the day after my birthday. That we did it that on purpose. I we, turned forty. Kind of, yep, yep. We thought it'd be 19th. a big forty. Forty. You're back. not going to be here, yeah. I don't know. We haven't figured those dates out yet. Okay. Well, it sounds like I need to make. Oh, so I exception. guess you're not golfing. So. Hold on. I'll be. Here. I have, we've not made dates yet. Okay, has a lot. There's a lot of moving parts here. Okay. Anyway, anyways, Pat, it's been appreciate a pleasure, it. dude. We appreciate you guys. Yeah, I, I appreciate you guys. you guys a ton. I appreciate just everything you guys do. I think it's great having this podcast, and I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. Thanks so much, guys. Until next time, stay positive and love your life. Later. Later.